Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, you really aren't the only one. We talked to Ika McLeod about fostering and advocating for LGBTQ plus rights and special needs awareness. Plus, Biz gets kisses. Woo! Woo! This is a check-in because I don't really feel like a genius, but I just wanted to talk about it. My mm-hmm. kid turned five last week, and, I, and we've been talking for months about how once he turns five, he was getting his COVID shot, and... On his fifth birthday, I went on the CVS website. I booked him the shot for the next day because I'm not a monster. I'm not going to make him get a shot on his birthday. But we did it. We went the next day. He got his first shot. He got all his prizes that I promised him. And the first one's done. Second one, a couple more weeks. We're doing it. We're making it. You're making it and doing it. Things are being done. You're doing it. I think this is always worth the check-in. It's also a genius. It's all the things. I will never grow tired of hearing somebody say, I got my child vaccinated. Good for you. And good job, you know, prepping the kid, right? We all knew Ellis, we prepped Ellis forever. When it becomes available, you'll be getting a vaccine. When it becomes available, you'll be getting a vaccine. When you become available, you'll be getting a vaccine. That did not prevent Ellis from, you know, as we all remember, running, screaming through the parking lot. I didn't know you could take paint off the walls of a parking garage, but you can. So I just think that's great. Good job. Speaking of good jobs, it's thank you time. Thank you, people who were poking people with vaccines. Let's start with you this week. Thank you. It really helps. Thank you to the people who are working on, like, COVID planning groups at schools. That's a lot. You probably, that probably wasn't your job at the school you work at. And then suddenly you became the, like, COVID coordinator of your school, right? Like, having to stay in touch with your local COVID health people. That I'm clearly not the COVID coordinator of our school. The Department of Education, the Department of Health, those are what those things are. And then issuing those communications and answering questions like that you, ah, thank you. Thank you for doing that hard work. Thank you to people who volunteer. I just, for anything, it's important. Uh, and I think it's really great. Thank you to teachers. I love you. I love you. Spring breaks coming really soon. I hope you do something really nice. I hope that you have a good time. And school psychologists, school librarians, school counselors, college counselors, you're busy right now. Everybody who works in the administration, thank you. I really appreciate you. And you are really making a difference for somebody. So thank you. Everybody in the medical industry, thank you. I hope things are starting to slow down. Probably not. 
But I really appreciate that you keep showing up. Thank you. Thank you to, like I said, spring break. Uh, Spring break. Woo! That's coming. So let me just preemptively say thank you to everybody in the transportation community because people are going to be getting on planes and buses and trains and they may not wear masks anymore. I don't know where we'll be when spring break comes along, but I appreciate you and I will wear a mask and I will not touch things that I shouldn't touch. Uh, So I thank you for making airports and airplanes and trains and buses and bus terminals safe. I appreciate you. I am really just a wake up every day thankful for all the people out there making every day possible. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Speaking of amazing, our family has decided to get a new cat. As you know, we said goodbye to Onion recently. That leaves us with B, the grand dame who has been with us for like 16 years. She like predates the kids. And Steve, who is a good boy, who has no one to play with because B is lofty and above, literally sleeping in Raiden's loft bed. Now all day, all night is like, I'm good. And Steve has no one to play with or rompy stompy or bathe or make biscuits on. And we just need a new cat energy in the house. So I always support our local shelters as well as local rescue groups. And there is a cat cafe in Pasadena. And Stefan and I just went and petted cats for an hour. And all the cats are adoptable. And they're all amazing. Several just came and sat right in our laps. And I got licky loose. On the face from two cats. And one cat just started licking the inside of Stefan's ear, which was weird. But that's probably our cat, everybody. And they were the sweet boo-boos. And we're going to go back tomorrow with the kids and my parents to look at the sweet boo-boos again and hopefully bring one of them home. I'm very excited. They were uh adorable and the two cats that we are really eyeballing both were recently rescued from a clear the shelter event which i think is wonderful and i just appreciate volunteers who foster and take care of animals and i'm really excited about it speaking of fostering we are going to talk today to Ika McLeod. You may know her from TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, the McLeod family, where she shares her experiences as a single parent to three children that she fostered and then adopted, as well as talk about their advocacy for LGBTQ plus and special needs rights. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. 
This week, we are welcoming Ika McLeod. Ika McLeod's journey to building her family began when she made the decision to pursue her dream of adopting a child. After becoming a licensed foster parent while in graduate school, that's a heck of a thing to try to accomplish, she started welcoming children into her home. Throughout her time fostering, Ika cared for 18 children and eventually adopted three with disabilities, Eli, Evan, and Ella. Evan and Ella are on the autism spectrum, and Eli has cerebral palsy. She and her family are staunch advocates for LGBTQ plus rights and special needs awareness, and they share this passion with literally millions of followers across social media. Welcome, Ika. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm fine. I like my list is not nearly as full as your list, so I'm great. The question is probably how are you? But before I get to ask you how you are, and everybody knows I've already revealed too much, I want to ask you who lives in your house? Well, for starters, me. Of yes, course. that's very good that you're there. It's true. The law says I have to uphold some sort of residence for the children. So here we are. And then, of course, there is my oldest, Eli. My middle is Evan. And my youngest is Ella. Then we have the two dogs and a cat. We have Ariel and Tinkerbell and then Molly. So three kids, two cat. Wait, three kids, two dogs, one yeah. cat, and like a, a fucking partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, it's they're interchangeable at some point. I yeah. Think. So it's yeah. fair. So you've got an exciting enough life that I don't need to digress us into like all the other animal questions that I actually have and could spend 20 minutes asking you about. So I'm just going to go back to that first question, which is, how are you? Oh, that's a loaded question. I yeah, think we I know. I know. Like, yeah, never yeah. ask. Never ask Ika how she's doing. No, it's my favorite question because I expect one hundred percent honesty. I think most people are like, "Oh, I'm, like, I'm so I'm doing great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it's great. That's a lie. Out of my ass. Yeah. No, Liar. I am never well. Um. So <laughs> I, I always tell people, I'm like, I hear people like say, "I'm surviving and thriving." And I was like, maybe I'm just sir. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even finish the vibing. So that's kind of where we're at. I'm just, I'm over here just kind of, it's, it, I'm playing it fast and loose with my yep. mental health most Good. days. So that's where we're at. We're just, yep. we're just holding on and uh, a wing and a prayer, a wing and a prayer. I think that is our country's approach to women's mental health. Fast and loose. Many Good things. luck. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. All right, I got it. We're just going to start kind of at the beginning with the fostering in grad school, no less. Yeah. I mean, you only, you do not look haggard and broken. And I know you've got makeup I told you on. I, put on makeup I know you have makeup on because we all thought we I were going to be off safe. And I look like Dobby the Elf from yeah, Harry Potter. I am haggard so, yeah. and broken with like just having children in your house. Or the March of Age. So I'm like, what are you, 17? And the answer should be yes. Just say, <laughs> so grad school and fostering. Tell me about that. Talk to me about when, like that moment. I know it's not one fucking moment. I know it's probably many moments. But like, talk to me about that time. Like when I was in grad yeah, school. Yeah, when you were like, I want to have some kids. I want to foster Clearly, some kids. yeah. Clearly, this is a great choice. Completely unstable. Yeah. I always knew I wanted to adopt kids. And it's funny because I talked to my friend, like, I didn't know for a long time that I was queer, but I look back and I'm like, there were so many signs. 
Jesus so many times. And literally the game I used to play as a kid when all the other little girls are playing pregnancy with the pillow yeah. under the tummy and the, and then marriage with the doily on the head. I was playing adoption. Yeah. I was the loser who was playing adoption. And I would pretend I was like on the wagon trail. So yeah. I'd set up chairs and have like ropes or whatever, like belts, like, you know, that's how you get the horses. And I would find orphan children and this um, is such a I specific view of adoption, like Oregon Trail style. <laughs> I was like five and six adoption. years old. I, this is no, I like adoption. This. Clearly took on Little House on the Prairie yeah. for me. Like oh, it Paul, was, it, Paul, yikes! Paul, they had to adopt that kid. Paul, Good old half pint. Fucking yeah, so love that that's kid. what I would play. Um, and then I always knew I'd adopt. And everybody, I think that knows me well, knew like Ika. I always said I was going to adopt kids. And then I thought, you know, I should probably go to college. I should probably, you know, get some financial stability, be an adult. And I went back to college late in life. I didn't go to college till I was like oh, 27, 28. Yep. Yeah. Me too. And let me tell you, that's a great time to go, actually. It really is. I it's appreciated like, the educate the yeah. academic experience so much more. Oh. I was like 28, like telling these like 18 year olds, yeah. I'm paying for this on my yes. own now. So I know exactly I through my money well. But All right, um, so you're going back to college. You're I'm in college. I'm thinking, okay, you know, I know I want to be a parent. And so I hit, I got close to the end of college and I was like, well, shit, there's not yeah. much I can do with the degree in like psychology. I was like, I'm going to have to go to grad school. So, you know, I, I pretty much stepped right into grad school, right out of college. Just, I was like, just keep going, Ika. Just just don't, like, don't stop. Right. And I was like, (laughs) you can't stop, won't stop. So I just kept going. And I remember thinking as I started grad school, I was just like, oh gosh, you know, you're not getting any younger, your tits are starting to sag. For, I mean, most of the eggs you probably have left are just shriveled and dying. Just saying. So, just you saying. Know, you're not birthing any kids anytime soon. I had never had any desire to. And so. Were you in know, grad school nuts. until you were 50? What is happening with this felt. story? how it felt. But then when <laughs> it came to an end, I was like Sarah McLaughlin, like in the arms of the angel. Like I was yeah. so depressed. I was like, never leave me school. Um, I actually like school, but, um, I remember just being in my first semester of grad school and I I came, the thought came to my head. I was like, you should start fostering. And I remember thinking, no, finish grad school. And this is going to sound nuts. It's going to sound crazy, but I swear to you, I swear on everything. Put me through a lie detector test, whatever you got. I heard a voice say no now. And I was like, oh my God, sky daddy's here. Yeah. So I just did it. I was like, it's time. When, when the sky dad, my sky hard. daddy's been telling me to paint UFOs recently. Yeah. So, and you got to do it. Whatever I did it. they tell I did you. It. I was Good. not about to play fast and loose with that. No. I'll tell you. I heard that. I was like, okay. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I see the Ten Commandments. I know what happened. Don't me fire. I expected the Egyptians to come sure. out. Of, the whole of course. Party. So that's, that was it. I, um, I found a foster family agency at the time. I, I'm a very motivated individual. Yeah, like, I just don't pussyfoot around. Like yeah. I'm the kind of person, if I'm going to do something, I'm like, let's get it done. Let's get it done. You know? And yep. so, much to my children's dismay Chagrin. now that yeah, I have kids, they're like, <laughs> Christ, mother. So I was licensed within about a month. Wow. Wow. What was, was the like, age of the first, like how soon did you get a foster and how old was the foster? 
It took forever. I was all in my ass about it too. I was like, hello, fully yes. licensed, bedroom ready, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I got my first kiddo. I, if I remember, I remember his name. I have all their names listed. I don't ever want to forget a name. And so it was like the Reader's Digest version of foster parenting. He came and I was so excited. I was like, oh, okay, my first kiddo. I was all jovial and shit, <laughs> like back when I had hope. And right. so- I, I mean, I took him out. We went to Target. I spent like $500. Oh, I get a yeah. call from the social worker the next day. Like, oh, we found his mom. Can you bring him? He's going. Ouch. Uh, and that's Ugh. what you want. You know, you want him to go no, back. I, I like, know. We've talked know. to people who foster. It like it the weird. fostering is you guys. There's a thing that you got. Maybe it's gray hair. I don't know. You're indicating to your hair. The- well, I, don't, I think there's food in my hair. Oh, Sorry. I was going loops at myself earlier when I was filming. So I think there- there's food. Yeah, don't worry. There are plenty of things on all the people listening right now. But I know that we've talked to people who are like, yay, fostering, child. Oh, Oh. they're gone. You (laughs) enter it as a foster parent, all fucking like, oh gosh, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. You know, I'm ready. Let's come on, guys. And you're a cheerleader. And you leave the system. I mean, broken. I left, like, I came in looking like little orphan Annie. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I left looking like a Dementor. So yeah, sure, like, no, like a Harry Potter reference today. No more Universal Studios for me. Yep. Everybody sign up. We'll have a link to where you can foster with this sales pitch. So, yeah. so <laughs> it's the honest truth though. No, it's the honest it's, truth. I'm like, I'm never going to be like, no. I was so disillusioned. I think every adult walks yeah. into the system, disillusioned. And you walk out like, what? What's this? You walk out like traumatized. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. I know. It's hard. So that was my first kiddo. And then my next kiddo, kiddos, were actually a sibling set. It was really cool because they were a sibling set of eight. And no, I did not take all eight. There was no home that could within the county. So they had to split them up. But I had two of them. And the oldest kiddo in that sibling set was 10. Mm. And he was a lot of fun. Yeah. He had a lot of fun. I remember him. And I just was telling a friend of mine, I was like, gosh, I think he would be 18 or 20 now. That hurts my heart. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, they grow up. Gosh, darn it. That Yeah, I know. I'm actually thrilled with the growing up part. I'm not a young kid person. Well, the older I'm they a... get, the older I've gotten, apparently. Yeah. So that's when it really kicks in that I'm like, wait Oh, no, it's the best. Wait a minute. Wait a We're minute. Old. Give me my AARP card. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then you decided to actually adopt. You were like, you got to a point, yes, where you I were like. I was always set up for foster adopt. Okay. I was, oh, my really? whole goal was to adopt, but I wanted to have the fostering experience as well. You can just do adoption through yeah. the foster care system. You can. You can choose to go that route and not have kids coming like yeah. the revolving door of in and out. And so every kiddo that came in, I'm like, is this the one? And then they would just go. Yeah. It was 10 children I had before Eli came. And any foster parent I talked to be like, really? God, my first one was my forever child. I'm like, fuck you. Short end of the stick. And so the first one was Eli. He was my first forever child. How old is Eli now? Eli's eight. That's a good age. I like eight. He is eight. He is great. He is yeah. thriving. I just told a story on our Instagram um, today because uh, the school, because Eli is severely disabled, right? But I think people think like the D and disabled equals dumb. 
And I always tell people, being disabled is not dumb. This child is living his best life. He is a saucy little minx. He is so (laughs) funny. But the school calls me all the time. Like, uh, um, Miss McLeod? Yeah, Monica, you know it's me. You know there's no other adult. And there's no other answering the cell phone. um, um, (laughs) Eli has, he's got like a, um, something on his finger. Is it a hangnail, Monica? Uh, Yeah, we think it's a hangnail. Um, Okay. Um, I, I, I... I think I can say this um, and really feel that I'm right. He's going to live. Just send him back to class. Okay. We just want to make sure you know. So I got a call yesterday and I thought it was just kind of, the school loves him. And I, I know everybody's just trying to do their best yeah, and it can make you all go crazy. Right. To be really sweet. So I get a call yesterday and I'm waiting for them to be like, you know, the sky is the wrong shade yeah. of blue. Something's right. wrong with Eli. And so, there is, she starts telling me, she's like, yeah, I didn't know he got a new aide. Eli was on the playground with his aide. I'm like, what did the wind blow too hard in his face, Monica? Um, Monica. No, apparently Monica. <laughs> he's in his wheelchair being pushed by this aide. And there was a toy on the ground. And if you don't know wheelchairs like Eli's, have, we all have ridden bicycles, right? You yeah. ever just accidentally pressed your front brake when you've been riding a bicycle really fast? Yeah, you're so It's the same oh. concept. That wheelchair... Ah hit that toy too fast and Eli went (laughs) and apparently Eli in his he was strapped in so he didn't fall out of the chair he went down it was like a man down situation Uh, he was in a whole accident it was a drive-by fruiting yeah and so they're calling me freaking out thinking I'm gonna be that parent that's like I know and I'm on the other end of the phone like is he all right (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Did you get it on film? All I imagine knowing Eli is he's just chilling in his chair like, oh, like, oh no. and he just went over, you know? Like, <laughs> and so um, they're like, he's okay. You know, he's got some scratches on his nose, but he, he didn't even react. I'm like, Eli is one of three. He is constantly beating on Evan and Ella's ass. Right, yeah. He tried to take his toy and he's like, finish him, you know? So... <laughs> I was like, I'm sure he's fine. Well, we're so sorry. I'm like, okay, if anything, you know, obviously I knew if anything serious had happened, they would have already called. Well, of course. But yeah. Eli, I'm like, you guys got the wrong kids. Like my kids are made of test stock. So, yeah. but I'm like, I'm trying not to laugh because that aide must have felt so bad. Oh, so bad on their the first day. Watching I can't. But Eli, he he didn't even react. I'm like, I bet he was laughing afterwards knowing Eli. He is just, he is just that person. And this is why I, Eli is just so fun. This is why I adore him. Like he's all about the rough and tumble. He's all about getting in there. And my God, he's changed my life in in so many wonderful ways. Love him. All right. So, okay. They've changed my life in wonderful ways. Okay. Sometimes. Sometimes. Thank you. This is what I'm looking for because I, I understand. Because of my children. There's a whole bottle of champagne. Yeah, you know, the in champagne. My right now it says just, Eli, Evan, and Ella on it. I really <laughs> appreciate that your go-to is champagne. Always. <laughs> that just makes me want to fight. It makes me feel fancy. Oh, like, that's no. important. That's important to feel <laughs> I'm fancy. I'm stressed out, but here I am with a fancy glass. So. But yes. No, you have to yeah. have a fancy glass too. But glass. you have not like made choices that like said, you know what? This is going to be really easy. (laughs) I have (laughs) always taken the hard road in life. I am that asshole. And I always tell myself, I'm like, 
You can't even be mad. You did this to yourself. No, yeah, you can't be. Well, <laughs> like, all you. This show is uh, all about you. I can also be a little weird mad. fucking choices, and I don't know. Like, I think you know the cocky side of me is like because I'm ballsy. Yeah. Um, but then the intelligent side of me is like, no, you are just no. an idiot. Yeah. I mean, that's how I made the choice. I don't know if you know. I like I donated a kidney in 2015. <laughs> Like literally I knew this other mom, she fostered kid like medical kids. And she's like, my kids need a kidney. I was like, I got an extra kidney. Let's do it. Let's do and it. That was it. That was it. That was me. I fucking, I like went through all this testing. She's like, Ika, you don't know how hard it is. It's so hard to become a donor. I was like, shh, shh. let the big girls handle it. Okay. <laughs> and it was a whole process. Like it was insane. And then I was passed by a board, a whole board of people looked at all my junk. junk and I was yeah. like, that's me. Those are my titties right there. That's right. Okay. That's all Be me careful. right there. Be uh, careful. Gay kidney. Gay kidney and, coming your way. Yeah. I went into <laughs> an operating room one day and I let them, you know, hack out an organ. Best nap I ever had. Oh, I know. Isn't it? It's, it's surgery so Anesthesia, lovely yes, for the parents. Yes. So this is kind of one of those dumb questions that I feel like I've already answered in my own brain. When it comes to rights and acceptance and where we're succeeding and where we are behind, the difference between LGBTQ advocacy, awareness, rights, protections, and Mm -hmm. special needs, is it easier for people to get behind special needs? than I mean, it's like one lacking more than the other i mean i'm gonna say yes no one in florida is saying you can't have autism <laughs> no but we lived in texas i yeah. do remember them cutting therapy oh. for disabled children so i mean it just it happens in a different way the, yeah. the the lack of support the attacks happen in a different way i think when we're talking about the lgbtq plus community versus the disabilities community yeah i think both get the short end of the stick in any given situation. But I think with LGBTQ+, it's the LGBTQ+, youth who are facing the toughest challenge right now. We have all these anti-trans bills, especially the one that just came out in Texas. Texas. These are leveled at LGBTQ+, youth. These are leveled at children to the point where we've got, what is that idiot, Abbott in Texas? That jackass. He's over there saying, you know, I'm I'm sending this to CPS. These are child abuse calls. I mean, literally, that's very serious allegations. Yeah. I worked for I worked for child protective services for quite a while. And to take somebody's child is not a joke. No, that is no laughing no. matter. And so I'm absolutely disgusted. I mean, I shouldn't be shocked when Texas had that race. Yeah. Homeboy was out in Cancun with a drink in his hand, a little yeah, food drink. But yeah, I think that when I look at the biggest challenges faced by the LGBTQ plus community right now, it's going to be the youth, especially trans youth. And when we're looking at the disabilities community, yeah, what are their biggest challenges? The severe lack in support and services for individuals and families. So it's, I mean, we are just over here doing our thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's hard to do your thing yeah, when the resources everything. aren't there because you've got... And don't forget, it's a single-parent family. Yeah, so and you're single the parent. financial side of it. Tick, it's just tick, me. tick, tick. You just, you clearly Baby. got a weird bucket Hi, list. Her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... Tika joined the chat. That, yeah. <laughs> Alone. The, the you got enough. One. It's okay. Given the challenges facing these two groups... What do you think is something 
that you've seen working that people can support or help or get involved in? Um, I mean, I, I, it just depends. It can be something yeah. as simple as educating yourself or those around you to protesting, to ensuring that you vote correctly. Correctly is the key word there, y'all. Uh, for those listening, you know, you're making your voice heard, writing letters. I mean, there's a lot of things that can be done. I think that what we miss a lot of times is the support on a human level. <laughs> I tell people I cry every single day and I'm not joking. People, people are like, oh, Ika, you. And I'm like, I don't know why you think I'm joking. Yeah. I'm dead ass serious right now. I cry yeah. every single day. I think it's just coming, just, just being less of a, you know, garbage a dumpster fire of a human is, I feel like what's a great, that would be a really start. big help. Yeah. You see a parent with an LGBTQ plus child. Don't talk some shit. Don't, don't say something stupid. Um, <laughs> it's 90% of our advice on this show is, you know what? No matter where it's coming from, even think before it, you say something, it's just sometimes not yeah. helpful. I mean, I think uh, with like, um, then with Eli, when you look at the disabilities community, like Eli, there's a lot of things people don't know. Like Eli's teeth are, you know, he's, he's got some teeth issues when it comes to how they're shaping, but actually literally no cavities. Like I bust my tail. And with a child like Eli, what people don't realize is a lot of these kids have massive teeth issues because mm. medication, they pouch food, they pouch medication. There's a lot of sugar that sits on their teeth, blah, blah, blah. But Eli's teeth are just growing in. And right now, because he's just a small little tinker tot, like his body's yeah. not big, um, which is very common for kids with CP. Uh, so his teeth are just very large. In large his teeth. And I said to his dentist, I was like, why is he growing barn doors? Yeah. You know, but I'm his parent. I could say that. And he's like, oh, my dentist is just like, don't worry, don't worry. He's going to grow into them. I was like, is that what I look like as a kid? Yeah. God, no wonder my parents were concerned. And then, um, you know, but like you have people like you just, you know, I joke about it because they're my kids, but I have somebody on social media, like what's wrong with its teeth? I was like, there was a better way to go about that. Wow. Did they like, say yeah, its like, teeth? Yeah, nice. my kids get called it. Evan and Eli get called it's primarily Evan a lot. It's what is it doing? What the fuck is, is that about? It's wearing a dress. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Hold on. Oh, you don't want to hear the hate. No, the hate. I I don't need to hear the hate. <laughs> I am I am sure. Well, that's actually I want to wrap up on that. You you and your family have made a choice to be very public with everything with your experiences which is a gift because I think one of the things that people struggle with the most is feeling like they are the only one. Yeah. That's what I tell people. We, yeah. I made the choice to share our lives and it's very organic. You know, you don't yeah. see my kids acting or do people are always just like, Oh, you're forcing and this, this is not, I'm like, there's no for, if I could force my kids to do anything it would be behave and listen. And they're not doing that. I can guarantee right. But I made the decision because I felt really fucking alone. Yeah. I felt a very alone. And I thought, oh my God, how, how are we going to, how am I going to make it through this? What am I going to do? And then just kind of putting it out there, just, it was, it's this, it feels very free. And I think that's what my kids feel with it too. Yeah. You know? No, I, it, the more we can normalize all the things that we're told not to normalize or not to talk about. Again, whether that is disabilities, whether that is how we feel as parents, whether or as women or as whatever, 
then the we steal the power away of the of people who want to hate on it. So you've done this, you've put it out there. Obviously, as you just hinted to, there've been some relatively not so nice people. It what the actual fuck? But I what's been the support? What have you talked to me some about the positive of of doing this? Like I, I, you've got to be helping people feel less alone and I hope they're reaching out and telling you that. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. We do get uh, messages, DMs, um, emails from people just thanking us for being who we are. And I mean, I look at how backwards our society is. I'm like, damn, we have to thank people for being who they are. I know. It's just kind of the same thing, like being on social media. The first thing you're going to hear out of most content creators' mouths is when it comes to the hate and stuff. Oh, well, that comes with it. And I'm like, oh God, how backwards is that thing? Are we that we have to like? like, Oh, society. We're so cute. Yeah. I guess I just have to be called X, Y, Z. I know. It's just, it's disappointing. And it's anchoring. And do you just, how do you manage that? I mean, how do you manage manage hate? I mean, like just for yourself. I mean, like that shit's coming at you all the time on top of already being like just a tired person in the world because there are kids in your house. I'm going to go back to that very, we're going to end on the very first question I asked you, which is how are you? Um, I mean, I have better days and just real shitty days. I would say I try to be very honest and authentic with our viewers. And I share the small moments in the day, the small moments in our lives that I hold on to what I I post, what brings me joy. So that's what you're seeing because whether this platform lasts, whether, you know, world war three starts tomorrow, whatever I can look back at these, these are our memories and these things make me happy. And this is what I have to hold on to, whether people support us or don't support us, whether we have a large following, we don't have a large following, but it's funny. Cause I, I had to, I have to do this campaign. And I talked to the person who's the rep for the brand. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to do this. And this is not, she's like, just share like your self care. And I was like, oh, you're cute. Oh, that's There's no self care happening. Oh, like share this. And I was like, I'm going to be really straightforward with yeah. you. In a home like ours and a family like ours, there are far more lows than there are highs. Highs, yeah. And it's, I don't know any other life but this. So, you know, I think that's what helps me kind of just continue to maintain. But ultimately, like, I'm honest with people. I cry probably pretty much every single day. Depends on what it's about. It's about, I mean, just the other day, I was actually crying a couple weeks. I was crying about my dead dog. So it's not always the kids, but that's what triggers it. But then a lot of the processing takes place. And I'm like, oh my God. What are you supposed to have time? I know. Um, What are you supposed to process when you've got kids in your house? I mean, like, there's no, uh, like, it's always something's always triggering something. It is. I mean, honestly, I just do my best to focus on the small moments in the day where life isn't just total garbage. Sure. But, you know, or just, it's not hard, but I am. I'm exhausted. It, um, it absolutely affects my mental health and my, my well-being. It affects my emotional well-being doing what I do, but God damn it. I look at their faces or today was the first good morning, like good morning. There were no tantrums. There were no breakdowns. Nobody assaulted me. Um, you know, nothing happened. 
And I called my best friend because she listens to me every morning, like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm screaming one minute and then I'm like crying the next minute. And then, and then I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then a second later, I'm not okay. But this morning was the first good morning we've had. I don't know in like eight months where it was just okay. Good. And when yeah. I say good, I'm like, it doesn't mean something great happened. It just no. means nothing horrible happened. I feel like I'm living life on the edge every single day. And it scares me because I'm like, I have these tiny humans that rely on me and they need me and I have to be okay, but I'm usually not okay. <laughs> um, therapy works, you guys. Yeah. Just putting that out there. That's all I'm My thinking about. Medication is okay. I'm like, um, are you seeing someone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay. that's, that's just how it is, but that's the truth. Yeah. No, we like the truth. The truth is good. The truth mm -hmm. is good. Well, thank you for joining us and sharing just, I mean, these are just like little iceberg, like tips of icebergy parts of, of what your life is. And yeah. I appreciate you coming and talking to us about it. And we will make sure that we link everyone up to where they can find you on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of the places. And you are doing a really great job, Ika. You're doing a good job, and I fucking see you. Oh, thank you. I'm yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's, what, that's what I see, you sitting right there. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank Bye. you so much for having me. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs>
Those were some socialized cats. And I just sat there and they just were so pettable and lovable. And it was wonderful. I may have to do that more than once. It was great. I am so smart. Hi, One Bed Mother. This is a genius. I don't know if you remember worry dolls, but they're like little teeny tiny dolls that look like they're made out of a matchstick. Anyway, my son brought one home from school that he'd made using a clothespin. And it's just a clothespin wrapped in embroidery thread. And I told my kids that what a worry doll is for is you tell your worry doll about something you're worried about, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. It's the worry doll is thinking about it for you, and you no longer need to carry that worry with you. I think in these modern times, with all the worries that everyone has, we could all use probably a dozen worry dolls. And so it's a genius. We're going to make some more. Maybe we'll give them to some friends. I don't even know if this is really what you're supposed to do with worry dolls. It just sounds good to me. So I'm doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Make a bunch of worry dolls. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye. I love this idea. I think, you know, not all kids, but a, a lot of kids do respond to that. I mean, it's the, you know, Raiden came home once with a dream catcher and wound up giving it to Ellis. And that really helped Ellis with their sleep, thinking that, you know, uh, the idea that bad dreams get caught by the dream catcher. Worry dolls or worry stones. We have worry stones in the house that you just rub and then they get like differently shaped and, you know, they're pretty cool. But worry dolls are really good. I love the idea of giving your kids and yourself and all of us a place to put those worries. I just think it's so smart. And it's a good, fun, easy activity. Just wrapping string around a matchstick or a toothpick or a clothespin or anything. I just think that's genius. You're doing a very good job. Failures. Fail, fail, fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay. So we have not gone in to like help Ellis clean his room in a very long time. Okay. I just, I just walked away from Ellis's room a while ago. I just was like, it's so stressful in here. There are Legos everywhere. There are Bakugans everywhere. There are various like tops and spinning warriors, Beyblades. And books, I mean, they're all things that, like, Ellis is playing with at all times. So we eventually just were like, all right, with this kid, this is this is just this kid's room. And I recently was reading, Ellis has started reading to me at night, which is great. He reads all the Dogman comic books to me, which are a delight. And I've noticed dust balls drifting Drifting down, drifting down past my face in the middle of a story. And not just like one, but many. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe we should clean. And then with the idea of us getting a cat, I was like, we got to clean the room. And I, I finally went in and did it. And then you're like, this, where's the fail in that? Well, A, that I was doing it. 
great way to raise a man in society expecting his mother to clean it. But it was so gross, guys. There was, it was like the window seals, the blinds, the just like on things that hang from Ellis's ceiling, like different paper mache things he's made. Like it, there, it was so dusty and disgusting. And I was like, my child's been sleeping in this for a while. So I didn't feel good about that. And now it's beautiful. That room is so clean. <laughs> I have a fail. My minivan has been in the body shop for almost three months. And I guess I was in a really big hurry when I dropped it off because I picked it up today. And, you know, they did a really nice job detailing the inside of my minivan. <laughs> I have a four-year-old and two-year-old, by the way, so there was no shortage of crumbs. It's really clean. But uh, in my center console is a box of underwear. <laughs> and it's an un- well, it's an opened box, but there are four out of five underwear still in it. And it's just sitting in my center console. So... I'm going to go ahead and say this is a fail for leaving my undergarment uh, in, a, I guess, a public... I don't know. But I suck. <laughs> and I cannot stop laughing because it is just so fucking funny that the people that have been fixing my car for the last three months have just been staring at this box of underwear. Mm. <laughs> oh, I suck. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this fail because, I mean, there's like, there's an air of mystery about it. There's a pack, one of, one of which is missing and it's in your car. So like, it leads to questions like, did you, did you need to access the one like uh, while in the car? Uh, did you were like, I, you know what? I'm going to go in. I, I've got new underwear. This is great, but I'm just going to take one. Like th- there's a lot to the story of how a box of underwear with one taken, but it's all still in your car, except for the one, is is sitting there. And also, the car was there for a while, so you didn't miss the new underwear that you needed. And then there is just the idea that, yeah, did they have, somebody had to pick that box up at some point in time and move it around your car while they were detailing the car. So that's, it's probably not the worst thing somebody has found in a car that they're working on, but it definitely, like every time you wear that underwear, you're going to know that that underwear has been seen in your car by strangers. (laughs) Maybe that makes it all the more exciting. Well, you're failing at underpants, whatever that means. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. Most game shows quiz contestants about topics they don't even care about. But for 100 episodes, the Go Fact Yourself podcast has asked celebrity guests trivia about topics they choose for themselves. And introduced them to some of their personal heroes along the way. Oh my gosh. Shut up. (laughs) I feel like I'm going to cry. 
all my stars. It's so, it's so exciting to meet you. Join me, Jake Heath Van Stratton. And me, Helen Hong, along with special guests DJ Jazzy Jeff and Faith Saley, plus some amazing surprise experts on the 100th episode of Go Fact Yourself. And join us twice a month, every month, for new episodes of Go Fact Yourself here on Maximum Fun. Hi, Maximum Fun. It's me, James Arthur M. from Minority Corner. Okay, I got some good news and I got some bad news. Bad news, Minority Corner, after seven years and 340 episodes, we are wrapping up our show. I know, I know, but hey, good news, good news is, that means we must have solved racism and homophobia and sexism and equality and equity for all. Yay! No, no, we didn't. Well, I'd like to think at least that we are better off than when we started seven years ago. So, don't don't worry, we might be saying goodbye, but our episodes will live on in the podcast airwaves forever. Or until the internet crashes and burn, whatever comes first. Minority Corner, the final episodes right here on Maximum Bun or wherever you get your podcast. Minority Corner, because together we're the majority. All right, everybody, it's time to snuggle up with a cat or a dog or your children with headphones on. Or, or to hide in the bathroom and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Oh, guys, this one's a rant. So we moved into our house three years ago, and it came with an ensuite shower that is just, it's my heaven. It's got one of those rainfall shower heads. It's beautiful. There's plants. There's lots of natural light. It's the place at the end of the day where I can be quiet and no one bothers me and I reset my brain and I just stand there in the hot rain shower. <laughs> and it's so good. And then the floor of the shower needs to be repaired. So now I'm back sharing a shower slash tub with my children who are six and three. And there's toys everywhere. Mm. There's toys. There's a million bottles of bubble soap. Why did I buy so much bubble bath? <laughs> um, and every time I go to take a shower, at the end of the day, when I would like to relax and be calm and be an adult who, just me, just me, not mom, just mm. me. And I have to then spend at least 10 minutes clearing out the kids' stuff from my space and making it an adult space, which will only last the duration of my shower, because that's actually their bathroom, and I'm just borrowing it. And it just, I didn't realize how much it was affecting me to not have my space available to me anymore. And that sucks. Yeah. It sucks. I can't afford to get my shower repaired yet. And there's just no reason to put myself in debt to do that just because I want it. So now, now I'm just going to be sharing a shower with my kids indefinitely. <sighs> Thanks for the show, guys. Yeah. First of all, you're doing a really good job. Okay. I got to tell you, again, there is nowhere in a book out there where somebody's like, okay, somewhere along the line in your parenting. You're going to lose the space that was once yours. 
you're going to lose it to your children. And whether it's just that this, and you know what, during the pandemic, I think this happened like to the nth degree, given that we had to start working from home and then all spaces became sort of open to, to stuff that isn't normally there, right? Like there's, for me, it was like the den, like the, the, we don't have a big house. And so the den is just this nice little place where I didn't want to look at toys. I didn't want to look at like kids books, or I just wanted this like adult space. And it sucks because it was your bathroom and it started out as your space and a space that you knew would be just yours. And now you have to share their space. And it takes a psychological toll that even your private alone time is filled with the noise of things, the noise of your kids' things. And then you do when you're really tired and you're really just done and you need that moment to like refill your bucket or empty your bucket, however you say it, however the metaphor works for you. And you're just surrounded by these things that remind you that your selfness is is in jeopardy, is not yours. I mean, it goes from like, you know, little kids in the house, your body is not yours, then you get your body back, and then your space is not yours, and then your car is not yours, or your clothes are not yours. I mean, like, that is a real feeling experience that you're having. And I, I'm with you on the costs of having to repair and is it worth it? Is it not worth it? And I know that's not an easy question to answer, but maybe you could turn that tub into like, like put some pillows in there, <laughs> like in the tub and some like candles and stuff. And you could use that space more as like a spa-like environment, not a place to bathe or shower, but a place to just sit quietly. I encourage you to find a way to repurpose that room as a sanctuary for yourself. And in in the meantime, I just want you to know that I see you and I'm it sucks when these things suddenly take on new significance. That can really catch us off guard and I just think you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Everybody, you're all doing a really great job. Listening to Ika openly talk about crying every day, I think is just truly a gift. It is exhausting having kids in your house. And that is just such its own thing on top of all the other things that you've got to do. Work, other family or friend obligations and responsibilities, the day-to-day things that we have to do to be human, like go to the store, take our medicine, make appointments, get from A to B, figure out transportation. It's a lot. And I just want you to know that you really are doing a remarkable job and that you're not alone. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to load down mama blues, I got to load down mama blues, got to load down mama blues, load down mama blues.
got low-down mama blues, got a low-down mama blues, you know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.